0: It's time now for Pilgrim's Progress Storytime with Pastor Ray Greenlee. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress Storytime. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Have you ever felt like what you really want to have happen just won't come? It's too far away. How can I wait that long? I remember one night, it was a cold winter night. Friends had promised to come over, and I knew we were going to have hot chocolate. We're going to play some games. It was going to be an evening of just fellowship. We lived quite a ways out in the country. And as a little boy, I stood at the window, watching eagerly for the headlights of their car. And I finally went to my daddy, and I said, Daddy, they're never
1: going to come. I I can't wait this long. He said, Raymond, come play
0: the game with me a little bit, and the time will go by quickly. <laughs> well, it wasn't long until they were there, and I was happy. Well, the story that I'm sharing with you may seem quite long. It's the story of a man leaving the city of destruction and following his steps all the way through life until finally he crosses the Jordan River, which symbolizes he died. And he goes to the celestial city or heaven, the New Jerusalem, and he's received there with great joy. It was a long journey. So sometimes, as I share this story with you, you may feel impatient. Come on, do something. Well, there are some parts where the action is pretty wild. But listen as I share this with you. Formality and hypocrisy had just come over the the stone wall of salvation. Now, formality means you always go by the rules, and by the customs, and by the traditions. Hypocrisy. You're just, everything's make-believe. You can't trust this person at all. They'll look you straight in the face and lie without even a smile. Well, formality and hypocrisy. Have joined Christian and they're walking toward the celestial city. Let's start with Christian told them that is, formality and hypocrisy. I walk by the rule of my master. You walk by the rude workings of your own notions. You are condemned as thieves already by the Lord of the way. Therefore, I doubt you will be found as true men at the end of the journey. You came in by yourselves without his direction, and you will go out by yourselves without his mercy. To this they had little to say except to tell Christian, mind your own business. Then I saw that formality and hypocrisy went along with Christian saying only that as far as the laws and ordinances were concerned, they'd obey them as conscientiously as Christian. They added that they saw no difference between themselves and Christian, except for the coat he wore, which they speculated was given to Christian to hide his shame and his nakedness. Christian responded, You will not be saved by keeping laws and ordinances. You cannot be saved because you did not come in by way of the door. As for the coat that's on my back, it was given to me by the Lord of the place where I'm going. And, as you say, as a cover for my nakedness. I take it as a token of his kindness to me, for I had nothing but rags before. Besides, I take some comfort in the fact that when I come to the gate of the city, the Lord of that place will surely recognize me since it's his coat on my back, a coat that he gave me the day that he stripped me of all of my rags. I also have a mark on my forehead, which perhaps you've not noticed. One of my Lord's most intimate associates placed it on my forehead the day that my burden fell off my back. Also, I have been given a scroll to read as comfort to me as I make my journey.
1: I will also remember to take it to the celestial gate. For when I
0: give it to them, I will be welcomed into that grand city. I doubt that you have any interest in all of these things since you didn't come in by the gate. To this, formalist and hypocrisy gave no reply. They just looked at each other. And laughed. You remember the scriptures that Jesus gave
1: the Sermon on the Mount? He spoke there about this matter, about denying
0: yourself, taking up your cross, and following Him. He told them the gate would be very narrow.
1: You couldn't even take luggage through that gate with you. Told them it would be painful. Now, I have to tell you,
0: there are people who call themselves Christians, but they do everything the people of the world do. That's what formalists and hypocrisy did. Real Christians don't walk like the world. They don't watch what the world would watch. They
1: don't go where the world would go. They're content with Jesus. Which are you? Are you formalist? Going by the church calendar? Are you hypocrisy? Or are you a true Christian? Then I saw that they all kept
0: walking along the path, except that Christian walked up ahead and had no more conversation with formalist or hypocrisy. He only talked with himself, sometimes sighing, sometimes encouraging himself, and often refreshing himself by reading from the scroll. "'that one of the shining ones had given to him. "'I saw then that they all went on "'until they came to the foot of the hill of difficulty, "'at the bottom of which was a spring of fresh water. "'Here the men were faced with a choice of three paths. "'The path that led directly from the gate "'continued straight up the steep hill.' Christian went to the spring, and he drank until he was no longer thirsty. And then he began to go up the hill of difficulty, saying, The hill, though high, I desire to ascend. The difficulty will not offend.
1: For I perceive the way of life lies here. Be strong, my heart
0: let neither faint nor fear. Better though difficult, the right way to go, than among
1: the wrong, the easy, where the end is woe.
0: Formalist and hypocrisy also came to the foot of the hill. But when they saw how steep and high it was, and that there were two similar ways to go. They chose the way that looked easier. They supposed that the two ways would go around the hill and meet up again with the straight way that Christian was taking. Now, the name of one of those ways was danger. The name of the other path was destruction. So Formulus took the way that was called danger, which led him into a great wooded area, and hypocrisy went the way to destruction, which led him into a wide field full of dark mountains, where he stumbled and fell, and never got up again. I looked and saw Christian go up the hill, where I noticed him slowing his pace from running to walking, and finally to scrambling up the path on his hands and knees because the way was so steep. Now I saw that about halfway up the hill, there was a pleasant arbor built by the Lord. It was built by the Lord of the hill for the refreshment of weary travelers. When Christian reached this spot, he sat down to rest. Then he pulled his scroll out from under his coat and was comforted by what he read. He also took a fresh look at the coat that had been given to him earlier when he stood by the cross. As he entertained pleasant thoughts about the changes that had taken place in his life, he at last fell into a slumber and finally into a deep sleep. He did not wake until it was almost night. And in his sleep, the scroll fell out of his hand. Now, as he was sleeping, someone came to him and awakened him, saying, "'Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise.' And with that, Christian sprang up and sped on his way, He had not traveled far when he came to the top of the hill of difficulty. Now at the top of the hill, two men came running to meet him. The name of one was Timorous, and the other, Mistrust. To whom Christian said, Sirs, what's the matter? You're running the wrong way. said or timorous, answered that they were going to the city of Zion and had climbed up the hill of difficulty. But he said, the further we went, the more danger we encountered. We were, so we we finally, we just turned around and are going back from where we came. Yes, said mistrust, for just ahead, there are a couple of lions in the way. We don't know if they're sleeping or awake, but we're sure that if we came within reach, they would pull us to pieces. And Christian said, You're making me afraid. Where shall I run to be safe? If I go back to my country, which is prepared for fire and brimstone, I surely will perish. If I can get to the celestial city... I'm sure to be safe. I must go forward. To go back is nothing but death. To go forward is fear of death and life everlasting beyond it. I will go forward. So Mistrust and Timorous ran down the hill and Christian went on his way. But thinking again of what he had just heard from the men, He felt in his coat for his scroll so that he might read it and be comforted. But it was not there. Then Christian was in great distress and didn't know what to do. He wanted to be comforted by the words in the scroll, and also he knew it was his pass into the celestial city. He stood still. Because he was very perplexed, didn't know what to do. At last he remembered that he'd slept in the arbor that is on the side of the hill. Falling down upon his knees, he asked God's forgiveness for his foolish
1: act. And then he went back to look for his scroll. All the way as he
0: went back, there was a great sorrow in Christian's heart. Sometime he sighed, sometimes he wept, and oftentimes he chided himself for being so foolish as to fall asleep in that place, which was only erected for a little refreshment for the weary. So he went all the way down to the arbor, and he carefully looked on this side and on that, hoping he might find the scroll that had been such a comfort to him, thus far in his journey. Finally, he came within sight of the arbor where he had previously sat and slept. The sight of the place renewed his sorrow, as he remembered again how wrong he had been to fall asleep. He began crying over his sinful sleep. O wretched man that I am, that I should sleep in the daytime! that I should sleep in the midst of difficulty, that I should so indulge the flesh as to use that rest to ease my flesh. Do you know what he means by flesh? He means that wicked side of Adam's nature that he carries. And he's ashamed that I should so indulge the flesh as to use that rest to ease my flesh, which the Lord of the hill intended only for the relief of the spirits of the pilgrims. How many steps have I taken in vain? This is what happened to Israel for their sin. They were sent back again by the way of the Red Sea. I'm now retracing those steps with sorrow that I might have traveled with delight had it not been for this sinful sleep. How far I might have been on my way by this time! I am forced to retrace those steps three times over, and I should have traveled only once. Now I'm about to enter the darkness of of night, for the day is almost over. Oh, that I had not slept! Christian sat down in the arbor, and he wept. But at last, looking sorrowfully down under the seat, he spied his scroll. With trembling and haste, he snatched it up and put it in his coat. No one could have been more joyful than this man after he retrieved his scroll. The scroll was assurance of his life and acceptance at the celestial city. He placed it carefully in his coat, giving thanks to God for directing his eyes to the place where it lay. And with joy and tears, he began his journey again. Christian nimbly went up the rest of the hill, but before he reached the top of the hill, the sun went down. He recalled again the vanity of sleeping at the arbor. So he began to talk with himself. I want you to understand what he meant when he talks about sleeping at the arbor.
1: He may mean watching a wicked movie. He may mean going to a professional ball game or football game. He's talking
0: about those things that let us veg out And forget that we're Christians and that we're on a journey and it's urgent and there are people to save and there's a journey to make. What would you think if your family decided to take
1: a vacation in Florida and so they drive partway and they find a motel?
0: This would be a wonderful place to rest tonight. And so they go in, they make the arrangements, they pay for the room. And they found the room so comfortable, so welcoming. What would you think if the next morning they say,
1: this is a beautiful motel. Why don't we just move in here? Well, no. Florida's calling. You're not going to stay In Carolina, or even Georgia, when you're on your way to Florida. He's saying, O sinful sleep, for that little rest I'm now making
0: my journey in the dark of night. I must walk without the sun, darkness must cover the path of my feet and I must hear the noise of the doleful creatures because of my sinful sleep. Just then, he remembered the story of timorous, or timory or
1: timid, afraid, and of mistrust.
0: They had told him of how they were frightened by the sight of the lions. Then Christian said to himself, Those beasts prowl in the night, in the dark, looking for their prey. And if they should meet with me in the dark, how can I escape from them? How should I keep from being torn to pieces by them? With these thoughts in his mind, He went on his way, but while he was fretting over his unhappy circumstances, he lifted up his eyes, and behold, a very stately palace in front of him. The name of the place was House Beautiful, and it stood by the side of the highway. So I saw in my dream that he quickly walked forward, hoping he might find a night's lodging. But before he'd gone very far, he entered into a very narrow passage, which was almost a furlong off the porter's lodge. Looking very carefully ahead as he went, he suddenly spied two lions in the way. Now, he thought, I see the danger that drove mistrust and timorous back. The lions were chained, but he did not see the chains. Then he was afraid, and he thought about going back, seeing nothing but death ahead of him. Just then, the porter of the lodge, whose name is Watchful, seeing that Christian had stopped his progress, as if he would go back, cried out to him, asking, Is your strength so small? Don't fear the lions. They are chained and are placed there to test your faith and to discover those who have none. Keep in the middle of the path, and no harm shall come to you. Then I saw what the Christian went forward, trembling for fear, for fear of the lions. But carefully, following the direction of the porter, he heard the lions roar, but they did him no harm. Then he clapped his hands and went on until he came and stood in the front of the gate where the porter was. Then said Christian to the porter, "'Sir, whose house is this, and may I lodge here tonight?' The porter answered, "'This house was built by the Lord of the hill.' He built it for the relief and security of pilgrims. The porter also asked Christian where he was from and where he was going. I am come from the city of destruction and am going to Mount Zion, Christian replied. But because the sun has now set, I was hoping
1: to lodge here tonight. The porter inquired, What is your name? My name is Christian,
0: but my name used to be Graceless. I came of the race of Jepeth, whom God would persuade to dwell in the tents of Shem. But why is it that you've come so late? The porter asked. The sun has indeed set. Christian replied, I would have been here sooner. But wretched man that I am, I slept in the arbor that stands on the hillside. And in my sleep, I lost my scroll. I traveled without it to the brow of the hill where I searched for it but could not find it. I was then forced with a sorrowful heart to go back to the arbor where I'd slept. It was there I recovered my scroll. And now I am here. The porter stated, Well, I will call out one of the virgins of this place who will, if she approves of your testimony, bring you in with the rest of the family according to the rules of the house. The watchful, the porter, rang a bell, and at the sound of which a serious-looking, beautiful maiden came out of the door of the house. Her name was Discretion. And she immediately asked why she had been called. Hmm. We're, We're out of time for today. We'll pick it up there next week. I hope you've enjoyed today and that you are on this path to heaven. God bless you. I love you.